At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden Bevisen. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, and it is a pretty packed show. My buddy Ian St. Clair, Play Colorado. We're going to talk about all four major sports teams here in town. Maybe a little shout out to the Pios. And is anybody going to the sports books to actually bet? I don't think so. Uh, also, Mark Springer, we're going to preview tonight's Avs Kings game and talk about the Avs going forward as they still await the return of Kadri. And Landeskog, the Nuggets. We got more lines up now on Bet Rivers. Uh, so we got a couple specials as well. Talk about that. The Rockies are off to a great start. Love it. Uh, the Broncos got a good note on Russell Wilson as well. But let's start this thing here with basketball, the NBA. People love it in the NBA in Colorado, even though most people can't even watch the Nuggets. But I mean, the handle on the NBA is gigantic. Game one. Nuggets Warriors, 6.30, Saturday night in San Francisco. Here's the lines. The Nuggets were four-and-a-half-point dogs. Now they are five-point dogs on Bet Rivers at minus 107. Plus 165 on the money line, and 224 is the total right now. So that's, not a, that's really not a very big total, to be perfectly honest with you. I kind of feel like... Uh, betting the over. The problem is you've seen pace a little bit slower here at the beginning of the playoffs. So as a matter of fact, here's one more thing. I just got another line move. I found those lines an hour ago. Well, here we go. Late morning on this Wednesday as I tape. It's down to 223 now. So the total has gone down. This is why I say I wanted to go over, 
but you think about it, you look at the pace, you look at things slowing down. I can't bet an over here in this game, game number one. Uh, we can find out what's going on with Curry, too. I think that's why there's a lot of question marks to me. I'm starting to see some numbers elsewhere. The series price between 2 and plus 210, which tells me that the books are expecting Steph Curry, if not to play the whole series, uh, just about every single game. Here are the specials. Jokic triple-double in game one, plus 300. Ooh, remember that there were some days with triple doubles. He was under plus 200. Now you're getting three to one. Again, I want to see game one here. I want to see if Curry plays. I want to see how the Warriors end up guarding Nikola Jokic. Because if they're going to take the assists away and let him score and rebound, then the triple double's not happening. But I like that number of plus 300. And then the Nuggets to win the series. We're seeing it between... Oh, no, no, no. We got that on Bet Rivers now. We got it at a plus 190. So that just popped up. Nuggets to win the series at plus 190. So right around that plus 200 we're seeing elsewhere. Want to tell you about Jamal Murray, Tim Connolly, the great general manager, right? He says Jamal Murray's in the red zone in terms of his return. Whether or not he plays is up to him. That's interesting. He goes, a return of the first round series is a possibility to... And Porter Jr. remains behind Murray in his rehab. I think that this is all posturing. Hey, Warriors, guess what? There's a chance that our second best player is going to come back. There's a chance we're going to have that pick and pop offense here with Murray and Jokic. I just don't see it happening, especially if it's a mental hurdle. How do you just get over a mental hurdle so quickly? You don't. You don't. And you wonder how much more time Murray's going to need. Now, Let's go back and look at this series during the regular season because three and one, the Nuggets against the Warriors. The Warriors didn't have Draymond Green in any one of those four games, though. And that's where Jokic averaged almost a triple double 28, 16, and nine. What? He averaged 28.16 rebounds and nine assists against the Warriors. And I think people are going to look at that and say, oh, he's going to get that triple double tonight. Ah. I don't know if that happens in game one on Saturday. In three regular season games, right? Jokic shot 61%. 61% when guarded by Green last season. So he had some big games scoring against the Warriors when Draymond Green was in there. He's going to be every bit as productive scoring and rebounding. I honestly believe that. The question is, does he get the assists? So maybe we look at a points rebounds prop once those come up in game number one. By the way, 34 and 12, the record when Draymond Green played with the Warriors. 34 and 12. They are an elite team and a threat to win the championship. Now, you've got a you've got an issue here. Golden State averaging 14 threes per game. Okay, that's third in the NBA. And the Warriors are just one of four teams to have four players making at least two three-pointers per game and shooting 35% or better from behind the arc. Why is that an issue? Because the Nuggets are not great at defending the three. So this is not a great matchup here. I do want to look at the bench situations, though. I appreciate Harrison Wind hopping on earlier this week on Monday because we discussed the rotation, and we know who the starters are for the Nuggets. We know who the big guys are that will be starting for the Warriors. What about the bench play? The bench has been god-awful 
And that is why Jokic has, why the numbers have been so drastic for Jokic, because they're a very good team, an excellent team with him on the floor, and one of the worst of all time without him. Jamichael Green, he's going to be in the rotation here. Defense, rebounding, scoring on, in the paint. I like it. So there you go. Austin Rivers, a lot of people don't like Austin Rivers. I don't know if it's personal. They definitely don't like his play, but like it or not, he is going to be in for a huge role defensively here, trying to shut down this Warriors three-point barrage. So Austin Rivers going to be in the mix. Does, does, does Malone go to nine guys? Does he go to 10 guys? Let's see, because we got the starting five and then Green and Rivers. Bones, how much does Malone trust the rookie in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. None of us know. Bones going to bring the energy. He's going to bring the talent. He's going to bring the three-pointers. I think you got to include Bones in there. Now we're going eight deep. Cousins, he's going to give you 10 minutes, eight to 12 minutes. Let's just say 10 minutes behind Nikola Jokic. You're going to need Cousins in this series. So I think it's a nine-man rotation, and it will go to 10 if the Nuggets fall down big. And Bryn Forbes might have to be used a bit more because of his three-point shooting acumen. So to me, it's a nine-man nine rotation, the five starters, Green, Rivers, Highland, Cousins, and it could be up to 10 with Bryn Forbes. Now, on the Warriors bench, Jordan Poole has been a revelation, one of their best starters during the regular season. He's going to be moved back to that six-man role in all likelihood if and when Steph Curry comes back. Again, if Steph Curry is not playing in this game, the Nuggets have a great shot of not only covering but winning on the money line. I, I truly believe that. But if he's back, then not only do they have a great starting five, then you move one of your better players to the sixth man role. Andre Godala is still there. He's a terrific wing defender. Otto Porter has size. He can shoot. He's a big guy. He can play inside defensively. And here's the other guy, Gary Payton II. His dad, the glove, one of the greatest defensive guards I've ever seen in my life. And now his kid has been tremendous defensively. So I'm thinking the Warriors probably go nine deep, eight or nine deep. And the Nuggets have to go nine, possibly 10. I know Malone doesn't want to play his bench that much, but he's going to have to. And will there be games where Jokic has to play 45, 46, 47, 48 minutes? There might be a game or two where he has to do that, where he can't just play 40, 41 minutes, that he's got to go into the mid to high 40s for this team to win. So again, that's the breakdown there of the benches on the two teams. Last night, we had a couple of play-in games. Here's my thoughts on this. The Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves beat the Clippers 109-104. And Minnesota covered the three and a half, by the way. Um, that was good for them. Congratulations. But the Timberwolves beat the Clippers, and it was like they had won the NBA championship. Pat Bev is crying. He's so happy. Carl Anthony Towns making out with his girl on the side. I mean, I'm just surprised they didn't drop confetti last night. So right when that game's over, I'm watching it. And Charles Barkley's like, they're celebrating like it's the NBA championship. And I'm saying to myself, give the Minnesota Timberwolves a little bit of love here. Just let them have their time. They don't get to the playoffs very often. They're honestly outside of Carl Anthony Towns who really didn't step up. You got D'Angelo Russell, Pat Bev had a nice game last night, but this is not a very dangerous team. And there's not a team that goes into the playoffs very often. And I know Charles Barkley and maybe even Shaq took the Timberwolves coming up 
in this next series against the Grizzlies. I don't see it happening, but I'm just glad the Nuggets didn't have to play in that play-in game because that was pretty intense last night. Nonetheless, who cares? Let the Timberwolves get excited. Pat Bev spurned by the Clippers. Of course he wants to go out there, talk trash, beat him emotional, and he cried. It, the, the closest thing I think I could say that is the Rockies. Like the Rockies, they played in play-in games. You win the play-in game, you celebrate. I mean, really? You, you weren't a playoff team during the regular season. You had to earn it in a one and done. Very, very exciting stuff. So settle down, Chuck. I really did like that celebration last night. You've also got the Nets. Boy, did they look nasty. <laughs> I don't want to mess with the Nets. They've got a big-time series coming up with Boston, which is interesting. I have two futures in the Eastern Conference. One's on the Nets, one's on Boston. So one of those is getting thrown out, and one of those is looking pretty good. Brooklyn, down Cleveland, 115-108, allowed the Cavaliers to get back in it. But the Cavs did, right? They did not. Or the Cavs covered the 9.5. It was 8.5 is what I got it at, so not a great number. And then they covered the 9.5. I'm going to talk to Ian St. Clair about something, too. I, I think Jokic is the best player in the league. I think he's going to go with Kevin Durant still. We've talked about this before, that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. Can he take over a game? Yeah. I mean, would I rather, if I'm down 10 with four minutes to play, do I want Kevin Durant or do I want Nikola Jokic? And I still want Nikola Jokic. You give me... Kyrie Irving, okay? I think Jokic, if he wants to offensively, could take the game over. The problem is there's just not enough help here with the Nuggets. And last night, Durant, 9 of 16, 25 points, 11 rebounds. It was Kyrie that had 34 and 12 assists. It was actually 25 and 11 assists for Durant. So, yeah, Durant, second best player in the world. I think it goes Jokic, Durant, Giannis. And then you can throw Embiid in there. And there's probably some other guys I'm leaving out. But for me, it's going to be Jokic. He just does more to get other people involved. Maybe if he didn't need to do as much, maybe if he did have, a, 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 if he was the one and you had a serious number two, like Jamal Murray, it'd be different. But not this season. I mean, it's all about the Jokic for me. Now, we've got two games coming up tonight. Uh, Hornets at the Hawks. Here's the line. Hornets plus five and a half. Plus 170 on the money line, 235 and a half is the total. Spurs and Pelicans, Spurs plus five and a half, plus 170 on the money line, 224 and a half. These totals are a little bit lower here. If you'll notice, again, you got the Nuggets dropping to 223, Spurs Pelicans down to 224 and a half. Two playing games tonight. You can check out those odds on Bet Rivers. This is the Front Range 4, by the way. How did I forget that? The four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. So number one, yeah, uh, number one had to be the Nuggets. The playing games I'll throw in number one. So this would be number two on the Front Range 4. Let's get into that. I'm glad I decided to figure that out here on the show. Uh, Rockies winning again. They took both games in Texas after taking two or three from the Dodgers. They actually won road games. They are plus nine in differential through five games. And this is a team that was one and 10 on the road last year to start the season. They were 26 and 54. And I've read these numbers off just a million times. They are profitable at home and they are not profitable on the road. Well, they were just profitable on the road. Rockies offense. Let's see this through five games. 
fifth in on-base plus slugging. The very that that to me, if we're just going to look at a raw stat, very very telling. There's ways to adjust it for ballpark with OPS plus. There's ways to adjust it in era. I don't care. That's on-base plus slugging percentage. How often you're getting on base and how many bases you're getting when you're getting on base, okay? So that's one thing. Number two, the bullpen has been spectacular for the Rockies. This is a big question mark, right? How are they going to be? Let's see if they get, you know, some reinforcements as well. But they're number one in saves with four. They're number three in whip, which is walks and hits in innings pitch, which to me, again, is one of the more telling stats of a reliever because it's how many base runners he's allowing per inning. The more you got on there, the better shot uh, the opposing team to score. But the bullpen looks good. The offense looks good. The starters look fine. Connor Joe and Randall Gritchick have really stood out to me. Connor Joe with that super big home run against the Dodgers. couple of big hits there. Had another home run in game one of the Texas series. And last night, Gritchick. Remember that this was kind of an under-the-radar move. Hey, let's just go pick up Gritchick from Toronto. Oh, his defense is in decline. Oh, he doesn't make enough contact. Well, his defense was fine last night. He went up and took a three-run home run away from Corey Seager. Like, literally went over the fence. Over the fence to make the catch in the fifth inning. 4-1 victory. Do the math. You rob a three-run home run. Defensively, you're playing well. Also, three-man bullpen effort. Four and two-thirds scoreless innings on the night. So are the Rockies a good team? Are the Rockies a good team? They have been through five games. There's 157 left, okay? Let, let, let's settle down. But also, I want you to enjoy this because who knows how long this team is going to be good. You imagine if they just make this nice run and at least they stay in the mix into the first week or two of September. At least this season will be exciting as opposed to very few people having excitement around this team. But are they a good team? I mean... They took two or three from the Dodgers and a pair of road games. Two things that they didn't do well last year or the year before. Offensively, Crone, CJ Crone. Here we go again. Great pickup. Great signing. Crone and Connor Joe each have hit two home runs. Chris Bryant, 7 of 20 for a 350 batting average. Blackman's off to a slow start. He's 3 for 19 with a double. I think we expected him to kind of be in decline. I don't think he's going to flirt with 25 home runs, but he can go 15 to 20 still. He can go 15 to 20. Pitching, Marquez is the only starter to get out of the fifth inning. But the other starters have kept the Rockies in the game, with the exception of Kyle Freeland, who gave up five runs and three and a third against the Dodgers. But the offense, you know, stepped up here in these last three games. They've looked very, very good. Uh, The starting pitching has been good, okay? And I still say this, and I will continue to say this. We're all excited about the Rockies. Everybody's excited about the Rockies. Four and one record. Beat the Dodgers, right? Actually winning on the road. They need to trade Herman Marquez. They won't because they think that they can at least be competitive this year, probably thinking somewhere that they can go and win the wild card. And as exciting as I I think this team has been here in the first week of the season, okay? It's only a week, but it's exciting. The long-term vision. They held on to Arenado too long, didn't get much back for him. They held on to Trevor's story and got... Basically nothing for him, right? Maybe a draft pick. And now you've got Herman Marquez, an all-star, by far and away the best pitcher. Maybe, you know what? When it's all said and done, if they keep him for another three years, two years, and he does this, two, three years, 
He might be the best pitcher in the history of the Rockies, believe it or not. But they need to trade him now. He's affordable. He's under control. And I think they can get some legit prospects for this guy as the season moves on. There is going to be a massive demand for Herman Marquez. And the fact that they want to hold on to this guy, even though they need an influx of young talent to be competitive in two or three years, they're just going to hang on to him. And I think it's a big mistake. Moving on. The bullpen. Pretty good. Bard saved two or three. Has a .67 whip. One, a, a whip of one is amazing. You're only allowing one base runner per inning. He's got a .67, so <laughs> that's pretty damn great. Uh, Yuli Shasin, Ty Block have had excellent long outing, uh, long relief outings. Who's going to close long-term? Still haven't figured it out. Is it Bard? Is it Colome? Is it Estevez? Not sure, but the Rockies are good right now. Joe and Grichik are going to have to keep this up. The bullpen needs to be a top 10 unit. The starting pitchers have to continue to keep their team in the game. And I'm not going to cite numbers just because at home, at Coors Field, keeping your team in the game could be five innings and five runs, as opposed to on the road where five innings and maybe three runs with the way pitching is handled these days would probably be fine. The Rockies are a really good team through five games. But again, there's 157 more. Number three on the front range four. Let's do a little Broncos. Russell Wilson. Do you know Russell Wilson has beaten 30 of the 32 NFL franchises? Yeah. He needs to beat the Seahawks, who he's been playing with, and he needs to beat the Chargers one out of two games this upcoming season to join who? <clears throat> Peyton Manning, who got the 32 out of 32 when the Broncos beat the Colts in 2014. You got Tom Brady, who last year just beat the New England Patriots. So to, to get 32 out of 32 teams, you got to leave the team you were originally with and got the majority of those wins. Brett Favre beat the Packers in 2009. Is that the Vikings or with the Jets? And then Drew Brees beat the Chargers in 08. So Russell Wilson will be the fifth quarterback to ever beat every team in the NFL as a quarterback if he can get by the Seahawks and what will be a very emotional return. And if he can beat one or two, uh, the Chargers one or two games, which he should do. If he doesn't, the Broncos are probably in a lot of trouble. Uh, I would think that would tell a little bit more than just not being able to beat uh, what I think is the second best team in the division at this point. Uh, number four on the front range four. Let's get this one here. We're going to talk with Mark Springer from Altitude 92.5 in just a second. But the Avs have won six straight. They lead the NHL with 52 wins. They match the franchise record. They've got 110 points. They can have the franchise record for wins tonight, hosting the LA Kings. The Avs, 28-4-3 on home ice. So I wonder if taking the puck line here at even money, Avs minus one and a half. Again, you're looking for a multiple goal victory against a good Kings team. You're still without Kadri and Landeskog, but here's the line. Puck line, minus one and a half. Got to win by two or more goals, even money. Minus 265 on the money line. I'm not doing that. And six goals is the total juice of the over at minus 115. We'll talk more abs with Mark Springer from Altitude 92.5 next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. 
Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Mark Springer, absent insider for the show. He hosts between the pipes after every single one of these Avalanche games. Mr. Springer, welcome back. I think I'm going to take the abs on the puck line tonight. Um, minus one and a half at even money right now. The Kings are coming to town. How are you feeling about your boys? Six straight wins. Feeling good. Like they're, they're, they're the same old abs, right? Uh, got some updates today. Nazem Kadri might be back this week. Gabe Landis God could play maybe uh, one of the last two games of the season, but they expect him back for the playoffs. Bowen Byram is back. Uh, Sam Girard is back. So the boys are getting healthy, and they're the best team in hockey. But those pesky Florida Panthers, man, uh, they, they're they giving the Avs a run for their money for the President's Trophy. Who cares? Come on, the Avs are going to win the President's <laughs> Trophy. I'm You got some news for us, and I also need to know if you are on the Avs, which way are you on the Avs against the Kings this evening? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the pick is usually going to be Avs minus one and a half or Avs three-way, right? Because, like, tonight mm-hmm. the Avs are minus 250 or so against the Kings, which is, you know, where they're usually going to be against most opponents. Like, they had a couple games against the Penguins where they were closer to even money. Maybe at home they were, like, minus 150. They they won that, but they only won it by one goal. Uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, I think that it was – close to a pick and they won that. So, you know, you've gotten some value on some abs money lines there recently, but you're playing a team in the Kings that while they're second or third, I think, in the Pacific Division, they're right there with the Edmonton Oilers for second. Like, they're just not on the abs level. So, yeah, I mean, you can parlay the abs minus 250 with something else. Like, I do like the New York Rangers, on, even though it's the second night of a back-to-back to go into Philly and beat the Flyers. So maybe you could parlay Rangers abs tonight. That'll get you around even money, if not a little above even money. Uh, but yeah, Holden, that's the thing with the abs, and especially late in the regular season where they're going to be playing some teams. Like, they have a kind of an easy schedule the rest of the way. So you're going to see a lot of big numbers on the abs. And if you want value on them, just picking a single game, just going on that game line, yeah, you're going to have to go minus one and a half and hope you don't get overtime. So, how about some do you bet many player props? Because I'm kind of looking at this. Nathan McKinnon, no or yes? I, I, I'll dabble. Like, yeah. you mentioned Nathan McKinnon when he was out. Uh, remember, he fought Matt, uh, Matt Dumba, and we what? all lost our minds here in Denver over that, even though Nathan McKinnon only ended up missing one game. That, that one game he was out, I was like, oh, huge Kale McCarr night, right? Like, he's going to anchor this team. I loved Kale McCarr over two and a half shots on goal. He had two. He had two shots on goal that night. <laughs> I, I am cursed with the player props. And th- okay. like, this team is so deep, it's tough to say who's going to pop on any given night. Now, Nathan McKinnon, I think he's coming off an 11 shots on goal game. So, over on He had shots one against on Edmonton. He had, he had oh. one against Edmonton, which is... He had is... one against Edmonton. Okay, well, he had an and 11. 11 against Winnipeg. He'll have one 11 shots on goal. He'll have one, he'll have one shots on goal the next night. His prop was like five and a half shots on goal at one point in time this season. It's dropped to three and a half. Is there any reason for that? Has he just that he's not shooting consistently four or more times a game? There's just too many options on this team. 
Is it going to be Nathan's night where he takes over offensively? Is it going to be a Miko night? Is it going to be a Kale McCarr night? There's just too many options to to spread the wealth around with this team that, you know, it's tough to say who you, – like, you could get a Nicholas Abe Kubel 100-mile-an-hour <laughs> slap shot goal with this team. He had that against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You just never know sometimes who's going to pop for these guys. So tonight's game then, you're looking to parlay it. The Kings are not playing good hockey. They're 4-4-2. Four, four They're now what? They're going to get caught by the Golden Knights for the number two seed or the three seed, I think, out west. This looks like a game where the Avalanche should win again. They've won a pair of three-goal games, 4-1 to one and 3 nothing. That puck line, I, I think i got to hit the puck line, buddy. Well, I've so, been so good the on Avs, the puck line. The Avs uh, have won their last eight games against right. the LA Kings. So there's definitely that. Do they make it nine tonight? Yeah, probably they do. Uh, But this is a Kings team that, you know, Drew Doughty's out for the rest of the season, which isn't really a surprise. He'd been banged up. uh, He's been been trying to come back without surgery, but uh, they've decided that's not going to happen. And Drew Doughty has been one of those, he's getting older as a defenseman, has maybe been more of a liability to that team over the past couple seasons than maybe people thought he would be. But he'd had a surprisingly productive season. But even without Drew Doughty, like, I like that top line with Kopitar, Kempe, and Ayafalo. Like, Kempe and Ayafalo are underrated players. They can compete with the Avs tonight, but they shouldn't. You know, the Avs should win. Uh, they should cover the one and a half. But I will tip my cap to the Kings. They've had a solid season, but I do think the Avs make it nine in a row here tonight. And, yes, Holden, I, I am always wary of overtime. Seems like the Avs go there more than I would like them to. So I'm going to parlay the Avs and the Rangers tonight. You're going to parlay that. All right, I'm hitting the puck line right now. So, we'll fi- hopefully we're both right tonight, right? Maybe I'll, sure, maybe I'll parlay that for you. Maybe I'll go with a little Rangers abs, too. I always like having you on because every time I have you on, I bet the abs puck line, and they, they seem to win. And you're mm-hmm. always afraid of going to overtime, buddy. Just man up. <laughs> No, Don't worry the, about overtime, bro. Go back and check the tape. One of the last two times I came on, I said abs minus one and a half, and they lost. Um, can't remember which game that was, though. <laughs> yeah, but that was you. That was not me picking. That was you <laughs> picking that. You, come on, man. Oh. You, you st- All right, hold on a second here. Here's what I got. Here's what I got for you on this parlay. If you want to take the Rangers, oh, Rangers and Avs to win plus 107. Yeah. So you really like the Rangers tonight. Looks like I'm making that bet, too. Now, now look, the Rangers played last night. They lost in Carolina, but Carolina's really good. Uh, and okay. so second night of a back-to-back like this, this condensed schedule right now for the NHL is it's wild. There's a lot of teams playing a lot of back-to-backs and I have noticed that, you know, that second night of a back-to-back is tough for these teams right now with all the games they're playing in such a short time frame. but it's the Flyers. They suck. Like their coaches, <laughs> Mike Yo benched Keith Yandel uh, when he was going for an Ironman streak. That is a trash move. It's a garbage organization right now. I think the Rangers bounce back even on the second night of a back-to-back. Can I ask you about the Rocks real quick? I'm all excited because five games. I'm a baseball guy. So I like the fact that they've won four out of their – yeah, you are too. Four out of their first five games. There's only 157 games left, but I'll be honest, man. It's pretty damn impressive. Pretty damn impressive to beat the Dodgers two of three and then to actually win two road games after losing 10 of 11 to start the season last year. 
I, I'm glad I didn't bet the under 68 and a half at this point. That's why I said I'm going to wait till the all-star break. But if I'm making that line now, I'm probably bumping up to 71 and a half. Absolutely. I, I like this lineup. I really like this lineup. And the starting pitching, like Chad Cool, who starts last night, he's a lot like John Gray. Like they're no, bigger. No. Right- Listen, I've seen yeah. a lot of Chad Cool, buddy. Ground ball pitcher. But he's going to have bases loaded like four times every game. And you just hope he gets out of it six times like he did last night. You want to know who that sounds a lot like? John Gray. John Gray. You know know how many times (laughs) I bet on John Gray? And that dude bit me in the ass so many times. He's not not as good as John Gray. He just reminds you of him. Yes. What I'm saying is at the end of the regular season, let's look at John Gray's numbers. Let's look at Chad Cool's numbers. And I bet they're similar. I bet they're pretty similar, but here's the problem uh, with the Rockies. No, no, you're out of your mind. I, I, do you want to slide into my DM? Actually, let's make that bet right now. Let's do it. Because one guy plays in Texas where when they close the roof, it's cavernous, and the other guy pitches in Colorado. You really want to make that bet? That's fair. That's fair. Look, John Gray's first start. Now, he had to go to Toronto and face the Blue Jays, right? So that's one of the yeah, toughest lineups good. in baseball. But he made it, what, three, four innings tops in that start? I've seen enough John Gray here, man. He's fine. Uh, he's not amazing. Um, but, look, you, you see what the Dodgers did last night, going into Minnesota, putting up a bunch of runs late in that game, a weather-delayed game. The Giants put up double digits on the Padres. Uh, the Diamondbacks are terrible. But the problem for the Rockies is the rest of the division is still good. It is. It is. I'm just going to enjoy it while I can, okay? And are we betting on ERA, an old-school stat? Because – you want to just put $50 on it? Who has better ERA by the end of the year? Okay. I'll take that bet. You really want to do that? <clears throat> I'll take that I mean, bet. even if you win, it's still a better bet for me. So John Gray versus Chad Cool. I'm mm-hmm. taking John Gray's ERA to be lower than Chad Cool's for $50. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Now, yeah, I mean, just... you're probably getting minus whatever odds on that, but that's fine. I like this dog pick. I like minus it a lot. Minus 165, I would say, is what I would put yeah. that. Uh, that sounds right. All right. All right. So, once again, former Rocky starter, John Gray. I think he's going to have a lower ERA than Chad Cool. You're taking Cool here. We've got 50 imaginary dollars on the line. And I just winked. You probably couldn't see that, Springer. Ow. So we've got 50 imaginary dollars on the line for this one. And again, you don't mind it. I would put this at John Gray minus 165. He pitches in a gigantic ballpark. They close the roof all the time. And you think Cool's going to have the better ERA a mile high. Yes, I do. Now, I think it'll be really close. I, even if you win, I think it's close. Uh, but yes, I'm comfortable with that bet. I think it's a bad bet on your side, but that's fine. You know what? You might be collecting at the end of the year. Mark Springer, Altitude 92.5. How do they catch you on social media? How do they catch you during the game? And how many games do the Nuggets last with the Warriors? Oh, man. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mark A. Mark. Catch me on Between the Pipes, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 after the Avs game tonight. Uh, uh, Steph's, is Steph playing Saturday, Holden? It feels Maybe. like he's playing Saturday. And even if he doesn't play Saturday, he's playing game two, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably playing game two. There's a lot if he of misses two games, this Warriors team. he misses two games, I think the Nuggets can win this thing in six. 
He misses one game, the Warriors probably win the series. He misses no games, the Warriors win the series. I, I think people are undervaluing the Warriors. Like, like this is something I was thinking this morning, actually. Like last year, the Nuggets were in a similar situation without Jamal. Uh, without just Jamal, I think MPJ played mm-hmm. last year, right? Did MPJ mm-hmm. play in the playoffs last year? Mm-hmm. Can't remember. But either way, they got the Blazers in round one, right? And that was kind of like the Blazers' last hurrah. Is this the Warriors' last hurrah? I mean, you're just thinking so deep right now. I can't go that deep into my mind. Is this the like, Warriors' last hurrah? Also, like the Warriors are still good, right? Yes. I mean, they had a slump toward the end. By the way, Bet Rivers just posted the special plus two fifteen for the Nuggets to win the series. I would probably need like plus three hundred. I'd need three to one to bite on that <laughs> yeah, one. I agree. I think you the know? can win this series. I do. They can. Just th- these are guys in Curry and Thompson who have been there and done that. So in Draymond. So I don't know, man. I, I I see this as an uphill climb for the Nuggets, but I think it's possible. All right, buddy. One more time. Let's give the Twitter and let's give how they can find you. Your That's Mark A. Mark on Twitter. At Mark A. Mark. And uh, between the pipes, after the absent Kings tonight, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. No underscore, right? No, no underscore. underscore, no overscore. All right, wow. no hyphens. Mark Springer, thank you so much for the time. I always appreciate it. I'm going to be joined by a huge Avs fan, Ian Sinclair from Play Colorado. We'll talk Avs. We'll talk all four major sports. Coming up next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Let's wrap up the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers with my friend and weekly Wednesday guest, Ian St. Clair, Play Colorado, playcolorado.com. Everybody seems to be loving sports betting here in Colorado, Mr. St. Clair, and that's very good for our business, isn't it? How are you? People cannot see the shirt you're wearing. Talk to me about your current mental state, the shirt you're wearing, and whatever the hell else is going on in your world. Yes, sports betting seems to be going swimmingly in Colorado, as we've talked about on multiple episodes, and it's only going to continue to grow as the market matures and gets more experienced and the and the betters get more uh, into what is going on and how the industry works. I, I, I'm doing great. I would be better with the Nuggets if we were just get confirmation that Jamal Murray is going to play against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, as for my shirt, I'm wearing a retro 70s-esque Denver Nugget shirt with Maxi Minor on it as the logo. And I I love the retro shirts. So I I think things are going really well for Colorado sports right now. Yeah, I think they're going really well for Colorado sports. Who's doing better, though? The the Broncos with Wilson, the Rockies off to a 4-1 start, the Avalanche, the best team in hockey, or the Nuggets who start a – seven-game series against the Warriors on Saturday. Who's doing the best here in town? Because it's good pickings. I, I think right now it's a tie. I would go with the Broncos getting Russell Wilson because I'd obviously getting the franchise elite quarterback like Russell Wilson makes the Broncos a contender. 
But then, as you said, you have the best team in the NHL in the Avalanche. So, and they're just going to, they're still getting guys back on top of continually winning games. And now they have a homestand that starts tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. So, I mean, there's potential to get Samuel Gerard back, to get Nazem Kadri back, to get Gabriel Landeskog back. And if that happens, this team is going to be incredibly difficult to beat in the playoffs. But I, I would say right now it's between the Broncos and Russell Wilson and the Avalanche. All right, so let's uh, let, let's go to the Avs then because that's your team. And there's a lot of Avs going on on this show today. So they are uh, – they're what? They've got the best record in the league. They're still without Kadri and Landeskog. Uh, Kemper had 49 saves the other night. Like, are there – there's no legitimate reason to be concerned about this team winning the cup with the exception of everybody freaking out about the history, right? That's yeah. the only reason why you guys are not more excited. Yeah. I, I mean, because we want to see them get over that second round, that second round hurdle. And I think they have the goaltending Darcy Kemper has played incredible. He's in the Vezina discussion. I think it's going to be Shashirkin with the Rangers. I, and he's probably going to, potentially even up winning the heart trophy but Kemper has came come in and been what they need in the crease for this hockey team and I th I said this to you at the beginning of the season they have a guy now who can stand on his head and steal a game or two in the playoffs which is what you need to win the Stanley Cup they got they got depth defensively they got meaner defensively with the addition of Matson. they brought in uh, Cagliano and Lykanen, and to bring in Lykanen, I think is massive because he went on a run with the Canadiens last year. So there really is no excuse now. Sackick did what and I, I you never you never know what's going to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's an exercise in futility and who's going to survive. But I think the Avs are the favorite legitimate favorite and should be the favorite yeah they should be the favorite how hot a ticket are these uh, playoff games going to be in the first round compared to the rest of the rounds do you think it'd be easy to get into a, a first round matchup or is everybody no no everybody's just completely into this right yeah even though you can't watch them i am a little bit concerned about that first round matchup it's looking like it's going to be the dallas stars they have a game in hand over the las vegas golden knights who just lost in overtime to the vancouver canucks so the, the stars are three points up on the golden knights either one of those teams is not a great matchup for the avalanche they should beat dallas but dallas That's the only thing that would give me a little pause right now, but th this team is rolling. They know what they need to do, and now it's just a matter of going out and doing it. All right, so we got a lot of avalanche on the show today, but let's get into the playoffs with the Nuggets here. Now, before we get into last night, did you see any of the play-in game last night? with Minnesota? <laughs> watched uh, watched a little bit of it. I, I watched the first quarter of the Brooklyn Nets and the Cavs and mm -hmm. it realized that if Kevin Durant is healthy, 
he's the best player in basketball, and there is no doubt he'd be the MVP if he plays better the whole than year. Jokic. Oh yeah, Kevin Durant is a guy who can take over a game without question. It, it, he does it defensively. I mean, some of those blocks that he made last night on the Cavs. If if Kevin Durant is motivated and playing, he's the best player in basketball. He's the better all around basketball. He's the best player in the world. To some, I'm still taking Jokic, my friend. I'm still taking Jokic. It's my boy, best basketball player in the world. Durant can score, but Jokic can do every single thing there is. And then, that's just me. And the, the, I think the big difference, especially in the playoffs, is Kevin Durant can win a game by himself. I don't think Nikola that's Jokic true. can. And, that, and, I, and that's not a knock on Nikola Jokic. He is a seven-foot Dirk Nowitzki type of player. But he needs Jamal Murray. He needs to have that secondary help. So Murray's probably not walking through that door. And again, um, now we've got front office members saying it's up to Jamal. So it's all mental there. Yes. That's the wild part of this. I don't know if it's worse to have the physical issue or the mental issue at this point. The mental issue can be every bit, if not more damaging. Because if the, if the knee is 100%, all it is is getting over the mental hurdle. We've seen this with players before. Sometimes they don't bounce back. But right now... I mean, if it's up to Murray, and if he hasn't come back yet, and we're over a year now from the reconstruction, come on. It's not happening, my friend. It's yeah. not happening. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking a lot about this series coming up against Golden State. I think they can win this thing in six if Steph Curry has to miss multiple games. To be perfectly honest with you, I think that they can. Full strength, if Curry's in there game one, then we're looking at a little problem. But I think nationally nobody is on the nuggets and again that means you're fading nikola Jokic, but you're also looking at the rest of the nuggets roster saying it's just not that good and i i, I agree with you if steph curry plays it i think they win in five if not a sweep and it, it that's how good this team is when steph curry is healthy because now you also have draymond green who i think is going to make life miserable for nikola Jokic, whether whether he's just harassing him and and doing what Beverly does. You mentioned the Minnesota. Um, I don't even remember who Minnesota played last night, but <laughs> the Clippers. <laughs> Trust me, I remember because I had the Clippers money line. Didn't work out. They choked. <laughs> so it, I think Draymond Green is going to be doing what Beverly does, which is just be a royal pain in the ass. how officials aren't exactly willing to give calls to Jokic. So if Steph Curry plays, I think it's going to be a quick series. If he doesn't, I think the Nuggets have a shot. Yeah, I think that's the big one. All right, so we got through the abs and the Nuggets. Uh, we'll get to the Rockies in a second. You know what's interesting here is the Broncos and the Waltons, the, the situation with the Waltons, where you got a $70 billion owner, right? If he ends up getting this. The cool part, I think, for a lot of Broncos fans is there is Walton family money and Walton family people that actually live here. I think the big Walton who wants to buy it does have a history in Denver. Does that matter to you? Kroenke's not from here. I mean, Kroenke has the Rams. Does it matter if the owner is not present here in town to you on any of these teams, but especially the Broncos? No, because if you look at Pat Bowen when he bought, bought, bought the Broncos in 1984, 
he wasn't from Denver. He lived up in uh, Alberta. Mm -hmm. He was from Canada. So in Calgary. So no, I I don't think it, it, it's not a big deal. I think the biggest thing is that he is on whoever the new owner is, carries on the tradition of Pat Boland, making sure that they follow his, his to-do list, which is to be number one in everything, win Super Bowls, beat the Raiders. And if the new, if Sam Walton does that, I, I guess, I guess Sam Walton would be his dad. But if, if if they come in, if the Waltons end up being the team, which is going to be fascinating because Stan Kroenke is married to, to a Walton. So yeah. <laughs> basically the Waltons are going to be owning all of Denver professional sports. Um, I, I The only thing I care about is carrying on the tradition of Pat Bowen and knowing that tradition and not trying to change it and do your own thing. It's going to be, yes, it's, it's going to be their ship. It's going to be their team, but don't forget the history. Pat Bolin is an icon. He's in the NFL. Carry on his tradition. You can build on it. Every owner will want to do, but don't forget the history, play into it, sell it. It's, a great way to win over a fan base that's going to want to know, are you going to pick up and move the Broncos to Arkansas? I mean, no, no, but they want assurances and that's the best way to do it is to tap into the Pat Bowlen history. That is a fast, absolutely fascinating thought that you have on this. But again, um, I think this would be a good move here. I'm actually rooting for him now. To be perfectly honest with you, because anything Cronky has done has been spectacular. And if we can get a little Cronky um, marriage over to the Walton side, I'm completely backing this thing. And I, uh, given that he's put in over four billion, I would, unless someone comes in and tops it, and I think there's only one guy who could do that, is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and I think, given what's going on with Washington now. And the the continued fiasco of Daniel Snyder, I would think that Jeff Bezos would probably rather own the Washington football team, the Washington commanders, than the Denver Broncos. The only thing that gives me pause about Walton is that he's 77 years old. And is he does have he does have heirs, he does have uh, sons and daughters in place to take over who are already running Walmart. But I really don't want to get into another situation where we're going from an iconic owner to a trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's the only thing that gives me pause is that he's 77 years old. He's not, I mean, he was what, a couple of years older? Uh, actually, I think he was a couple of months older than or younger, somewhere around that. There was only a couple of months separating Walton and Pat Bolin. So... And he's not getting into the prime of his life. That's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. Hmm. Interesting. That's not really a perspective that I thought of before. How about the Rockies? They're off to a four and one start, huh? They beat the Dodgers two out of three. They went to Texas where they couldn't win on the road last year. They won on the road. They're hitting on the road. I mean, obviously this is the uh, greatest Rockies team in the history of the franchise. And I don't know why you're not more excited. I mean, outside of Charlie Blackman's imminent decline, CJ Crone, Connor Joe, Herman Marquez, who, by the way, they should still trade. 
Uh, he's he's too affordable. He's too damn good, and they still need a rebuild, and they won't do it, and they're going to let him walk just like Story, and they're going to wait too long on Arenado. But honestly, it's been fun. We can rip the Rockies as much as we want because their lack of a plan, but at least through five games, I've been watching these games. I got a smile on my face. And we'll see if it can some if it can be consistent. If it's something that they can build on and and make sustainable, I I question it, but we'll see. I mean, it, at least right now it's fun, and until the Broncos start up, we'll have something to watch. Hey. Let's do it. No, you, I, I don't even think you've watched the game, have you? You haven't even watched the Rockies game yet, have you, Ian? I wanted to watch opening day to watch Russell Wilson throw out the first pitch, and they didn't even <laughs> they didn't even do it. The only reason I wanted to tune in, they didn't even give me the opportunity. It was like a couple of weeks ago where uh, I was watching uh, an Avs game on a streaming service, and they mentioned that Peter Forsberg was in the arena. Didn't show him. I was like, really? One of the greatest players in the history of the Avalanche? And you let the you could hear Alan Roach announce, and former Avalanche center Peter Forsberg is in the arena. And then does altitude show him? No, but we hear Mark Mosier and Peter McNabb talk about it. I I'm gonna just talk a whole bunch of Rockies this summer. So you can fast forward through that part, okay, Ian? I, I mean, I really, I really, I'm excited about this start here. I know that it's probably going to go to hell. More than likely. And I know that that over 60 and a half, 68 and a half wins is going to get jacked up. But we got a long time between now and the, the all-star break to reassess and try and bet the either the over or the under on that one. Uh, how big of a celebration did you have for the Pios? I, I, I was just happy. I, I mean, I think it's. Should be. It, it, it's a cool thing to see a program become one of the best in any sport. And the University of Denver is definitely one of the best men's hockey programs in the country to win your ninth national championship. And hopefully this is the start of a run on championships for Colorado. I mean, can, can you imagine the Pioneers win their ninth NCAA championship, the Avs win their third Stanley Cup, the Broncos go on to win their fourth Lombardi trophy. That would be a heck of a run. And I in terms of the Rockies, I will say this. I am a skeptic. I have always been a skeptic when it comes to the Rockies, mm -hmm. and you can thank Dick Montfort for that. But I will say as long as a team can learn how to win and it can learn how to do the right things. And I think they have the right manager in place and, and Bud Black to do that to build and keep motivating this team to get better and better and, and continue to take steps. So I'm not poo-pooing this start. As long as they can continue to do it, they're learning how to win and they're learning how to play the game of baseball at a successful level. And I think that's something that hopefully can be sustained and they can build on this. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, I don't want to talk about specific books but you've talked about going into sports books and checking them out, right? Because yep. it's all mobile for me. I don't want to go into a sports book. The girlfriend wants me to take her betting. So we'll, you know, we'll go to one of the two places and end up betting here. But as a man with play Colorado and PlayColorado.com, knowing that there's not a lot of handle that goes into these sports books, do people go to these sports books? Or is this just something where you got people that are already gambling? They'll be like, okay, we'll stop by. We'll place a bet on this. Like, 
Do you think it was busy for March Madness? Do you think it was busy for the Super Bowl? Do people actually go into sports books in Colorado? All right. So to, to give the listeners a little bit of an idea of the breakdown, 98% typically every month of the state's handle is from online. 2% or less comes from retail. And there are some great sports books in Blackhawk and Central City. Cripple Creek, we'll see. It's not up there yet. But there are some great sports books. And, and to answer your question, I went up for the opening week of the NFL season for week one. It was pretty packed. I have been more on the positive side of thinking that eventually retail books will catch on in Colorado. And the more that we continue to come out of COVID, we'll see. But the fact that it ha it still hasn't happened yet, I don't know if it is. I, I think we've seen when you have the ability to bet and sign up for whatever app you want from your couch, that's what people do. It's so easy. It's so convenient. Unlike anyone who has been to Nevada and you show up in Las Vegas, you want to get a sportsbook app. Well, you have to go to the brick and mortar casino. You have to use cash to put it into the app to get any mm -hmm. funds in your app. So it's a pain in the ass. I don't know. I don't think it's going to ever be what it is in like uh, Nevada or New Jersey. I, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think the, the ceiling for retail books in Colorado is, is going to be 5% if it ever gets to that point. It has to get over two. And in the time that Colorado's had sports betting since May of 2020, it hasn't gotten over that. But I think 5% handle for us for the month of Colorado from retail betting is 5%. I think that's the ceiling. No. Yeah. And again, and I tell my guys in Vegas this that are on Visa, and they don't want to hear it. I don't think Vegas is going to be the king of sports betting anymore. It's not going to be the capital anymore. People will still go. I still think New York is going to be bigger, but ultimately the ultimate betting destination is going to be your phone. Absolutely. It's just as simple as that. That is the capital of sports betting. Your phone is the capital of sports betting. Absolutely. No longer do you have to take a plane, go all the way out to Vegas, take a cab, buy a hotel room. I, people love the experience. I get it. But you just don't have to go through all that. You don't have to handle cash to go lay a bet down anymore. You can bet these games live. And that's the other thing, Ian. These games when people start learning how fun live betting is, and again, the amount of money that I bet pregame to in-game, now I, I would say I'm getting closer to 90% in-game betting. I, I really, I like pregame betting. There are certain sports where I like to do it. I think baseball is one where you can go pregame and in-game. For me, basketball is in-game only. NFL, you can go pregame and in-game. Hockey is another one. I think you can bet it pregame uh, just because the, the lack of a lot of scoring there. But ultimately, that is where the future lies. And I wonder how long you think it's going to take to get there. Because live betting, mobile betting, people will still go into the shops, but it's just a lot more difficult. Yeah, and it's not as convenient. I, I mean, being able to sign up and put money into your account. You can do it in less than five minutes and you can start betting. And with the promos that all these books are throwing out uh, for new users, 
I, I don't know why it's going to take this long. I will say, if Nevada ever gets rid of in-person registration, that's going to help that market, and it's going to, to be a boon for the Nevada sports betting market. And you mentioned New York. I will say, there is a state that could be on the horizon in 2023. It's Texas. If Texas legalizes sports betting, you think you, you've seen monster numbers from New York? Texas is going to blow New York out of the water. What? Really? Absolutely. Think about this. You got Houston, Dallas, Austin. You got some really big cities there, too. Yeah. yeah. There are 10 million fewer people in New York than Texas. And New York is going to have an extremely high tax. It has an extremely high tax rate. Texas has approximately 29 million citizens. We wrote about this at playtexas.com. New York, in the for the month of March Madness alone, brought in 428 million in handle. Texas is going to blow that. It's going to blow that out of the water because you're more than likely going to have more operators. I think there, there's only eight right now in New York, with one more left to go. So there's not going to be a limit on, we'll see, obviously, depending on what the legislature ever does in Texas. You're not going to have the high tax rate of 51% that New York has. And it's still going to bring in money because you have more people in Texas than you do New York. And if California ever does it, holy, oh my, (laughs) you want to see numbers that blow everything away. That would be California. But Maybe I, California's not in enough, enough debt, you know? Maybe they just need to, like, be in more debt than anything in the history of the world to realize that gambling is better or sports betting is better. But sorry, Ian, I cut you off there. And I will say, you mentioned live betting. And I, I think that's one of the things that's going to be fascinating from the operator's standpoint is because most of this is coming over from, from Europe with the books that were over there, and they're more the, the live betting is more prone to soccer. So as the... Uh, it's not just the learning curve for betters in America. It's also for the operators as they continue to get a feel for what people like to bet on and what it is that motivates them. And if you look at Colorado, you mentioned the NBA. NBA betting is by far the most popular sport to bet on in Colorado. It is consistently over a hundred million in handle, close to 200 million in some months. And with the Nuggets, it's the live betting. It's the amount of games that are played each day. And as operators figure that out and they they continue to evolve the live betting of their apps, it's only going to get better and it's only going to increase the excitement to get on and bet the games. My friend, play Colorado, playcolorado.com. Talk to me here. What do we got going on? I know I see the little nugget stuff. At some point in time, the the handle will come out, right? We got that coming out as well. It's a pretty cool place. Um, And if you're looking for a Bet Rivers promo code, you can always find that on playcolorado.com as well. Give us a little plug here for your site. Because I'm there probably five to seven times a week. And not just when I talk to you. Yeah. And you mentioned Bet Rivers. We have it in the top list on the homepage and on the sports betting page, playcolorado.com slash sports betting. We also cover casino news. We had a story about the Isle Casino changing its name to Horseshoe, which is in the works, which is what Caesars is doing throughout the country with their casinos. So it's not just sports betting. It's casinos. It's lottery with the end result being making you a safer and smarter 
yeah, talk, tongue twister better. And we do it with analysis, news, opinion, all of it, just to make sure that we're the one-stop shop for all things gambling and sports betting in Colorado. Love it. Absolutely love it. Ian, thank you for the time. As always, I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, Thanks to Mark Springer for talking some abs with me. And I will be back tomorrow talking more of the same. We'll have more Nuggets information. We'll react to the abs. We've got the Broncos meeting right now. There's so much stuff going on in the sports world. I'm excited about it. For Ian and Springer, I'm Holden. And appreciate you checking out the Denver CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers.